What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. Today, I was joined by a very special guest. I had Emma Montgomery on the show. And if you want to simplify the process to amplify your results, you definitely want to listen to this interview because Emma dropped some serious knowledge about how to make macros, not even just macros, but how to make the process easier on yourself. Don't overcomplicate things, guys. This is actually not that difficult. It's simple. It's not easy because we have this thing between our ears that often gets in the way, which is our brain and our thoughts. But if you can take this perspective, if you can listen to the message that Emma shares with you today and simplify the process, you will absolutely amplify your results. And if you enjoy the episode, if you enjoy this interview, please let us know about it. We would both love to hear. You can take a screenshot of the episode, you can post it to your stories, and you can tag us both on Instagram. I am at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner, and Emma is at macros with M. That's M-A-C-R-O-S-W-I-T-H-E-M, and enjoy the episode. All right, everyone. I am joined today by a very special guest. I have Emma Montgomery on the show. First of all, thanks so much for joining me. Oh, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've kind of followed you for a while and known about you uh, through a mutual friend, Jason Phillips, and thought it would be great to connect and have you on the show um, just because I've seen the results that you create, which are impressive. But before we get into all of that, I'd love to just start with kind of your origin story and how you got into fitness, how this all came to be and just where it all started from you. And, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, so my story is <laughs> a little long, so I'll try to condense it. But um, it pretty much like I've always been I was an athlete in high school, um, played basketball a little bit in college, went to a Christian college and hated it. So I didn't stay there long, but um, <laughs> nothing against like that sounded bad, but it just wasn't for me. Um, so anyhow, when I got pregnant, I gained 60 pounds. And um, after I'd left college, I kind of did what like most people do where you're um, more sedentary and you are still eating like shit. <laughs> so you gain weight. Um, so like I gained a little bit of weight, but I was never like heavy. I was just always kind of like the skinny fat. And for those of you that can't see this, I'm doing the air quotes. Um, but I had kind of like, I don't know. So when I got pregnant and I gained 60 pounds on top of already gaining some weight from like college, um, I was very heavy. I was like 200 pounds. And so very uncomfortable. Um, and after I had my son, I lost a little bit of, I would say half of the weight, like pretty easily. Cause I swelled really bad. So I had retained a bunch of water. Um, but the rest of it was just coming off like very slowly. I was very depressed and had postpartum depression, like really, really bad. Um, if you would have asked me in the moment, if I had postpartum depression, I would have said no, because I didn't like know that I did. Um, but I didn't want to be around like, there were only certain like uh, family members I wanted to see. And I didn't want to be around friends when people wanted to come visit. I didn't want to like be there. I didn't want them to see me. I just felt really gross. Um, and so it all kind of started with, I had seen uh, a girl that I knew from back home and I say back home cause I didn't live there anymore, but she was doing like these little challenges online through like a Facebook group and it was super cheap. It was like 
20 bucks or something. Um, but I thought, you know what? I could do like home workouts. It was a lot of like body weight stuff. There was no kind of like progressive overload. It was literally just simple things. Um, I didn't know about any of that stuff at the time, but so I just started doing that and like cleaning up my diet um, cutting out like regular soda and just like little things and moving more. And so the weight started coming off and I was like, okay, this is good. Um, and then I got to where I started like counting calories because um, I didn't even do that before. And so just being more aware of like the calories I was taking in. Um, and then I added in resistance training at home. So like some dumbbells and things still not following like a structured program, just kind of like doing whatever. Um, but just being like part of a group was super helpful for me. And then the weight started coming off. And so, um, that same friend was, she was like, we should do a bikini competition. And I'm like, that sounds great. I had no idea what that even was. <laughs> that was before they were like super trendy. Um, and you didn't see it like on social media all the time. Like Instagram wasn't even a big thing then. And so I said, yes, not even realizing what I was saying yes to. And so I started like Googling pictures and I'm like, man, these women look awesome. Of course, a lot of muscle maturity. So they had like lifted for years. And so naturally when you diet, you look shredded. Well, I didn't know that when I got like dieted down, I was just going to be skinny because there was no muscle there. Um, but still, it was a really great experience because even though I followed like a bro meal plan, it was, I didn't have a coach. Um, it was just really stupid how I did it, but it showed me what I could do in terms of like pushing myself, which was great. Um, I will say it did cause a little bit of not an eating disorder, but some disordered eating tendencies. Um, from that I competed probably five or six times, um, did really well, really liked it, but I didn't like the whole, like, I don't like parading out in a bikini and posing. I hated all of that. I loved the actual like, um, just like grinding and having a goal and like being super, um, I don't know, structured and having that like end goal. Um, so that was really good. But during that whole process, after the first time that I competed, um, I had following some girls on Instagram that were competitors. And when I saw that they were talking about macros, I was like, I got to figure out like what this is because when I'm seeing what they're eating, like that's not what I'm eating and they look amazing. <laughs> so um, I hired my first macro coach and it was Erin Diamond. I'm sure you're familiar with Erin. Um, but so I hired her and she put together like an actual structured training program that was designed around progressive overload. So that was like my first like jumping into that. I joined a gym, which was big for me because I was terrified of doing that. Um, so that was like a really big step and um, learned how to count macros. So from that, I had a ton of people just me sharing like recipes, um, like low calorie stuff and like turning like foods that I enjoy into macro friendly things that I could eat. I had a bunch of people reaching out to me saying, oh my gosh, like, can you teach me how you do that? Like, how are you eating that? And so I was trying to explain it to a bunch of people. People asking me if I coached. I'm like, no. Um, so I started helping people for free originally because I managed a bank. So I was just doing like this on the side because I really enjoyed it. And so from there, it just kind of took off where I was, um, you know, shit, I can make some extra money <laughs> doing this on the side. So I did. Um, and it just turned into, that's actually when I created, um, my like 
shred program, the big program that I run monthly now. So I created that like three and a half, four years ago. Um, and the first time I ever ran it, I think I maybe had like 20 people in it. And, uh, but that's how I started. And so I did that on the side for a couple of years, um, until I got to the point with, and I did really well in banking. I managed a bank for a long time. Um, it was very well thought of. I had a really good career path there. It just was one of those I would wake up every day and I'm like, so this is like, this is it. This is like life, you know, <laughs> um, until one day that I was like, you know what, I'm just going to give my notice. And I did, um, even though my side gig coaching did not even like make half of the salary that I had at the bank. Um, but it was one of those that I stopped and was like, okay, what is the worst case scenario? Like, am I going to die? Is my kid going to starve? Are they going to repossess our house or car? Like what, you know, and none of that was the case. So I just gave my notice and from there went all in on coaching and my business has um, exploded since then. So it's been amazing how that's happened, but it was literally just the simple like, um, like dipping the toe in the water with the the small like online thing and like experiencing that. And then just really, I don't know, fitness has done so much for my life in terms of like my confidence and things, but to be able to like turn that um, passion into a career has just been amazing. So that that's a long winded answer to get there. But <laughs> I love it. I love to hear the origin, origin story. There's a lot of similarities to my story as well, especially with yeah. what you mentioned going to college. I always say like, I, I stopped with the organized sports after college, but didn't stop with the ridiculous habits that I picked up in college. So woke up like, you know, 60 pounds overweight. Actually, I think it was more. I think I lost 80 pounds from my heaviest delightest. But oh yeah, and it was like being an athlete. And then all of a sudden being like, wait, I don't recognize this person. And I know. doing things all the wrong ways originally, yeah. not knowing any better, just like you. And I went through like the the meal plans, the restrictive meal plans. And to your point, even though, it was a lot of things like we learned what not to do. Yes. But I think you start to realize like, you know what, there's, there's actually some value in the process. And I learn about my discipline and my commitment and yes. the fact that yes. I'm willing to fail and keep moving forward and I'm not going to stop. Um, it sounds like along your journey, there was different points where you were faced with scary decisions or, right. you know, stuff where some people may have been like, yeah, you know what? That feels like a lot. I might not do that. Uh, you know, even something like you mentioned being intimidated to join a gym and, oh my gosh. you know, so <laughs> what do you think it was like when it comes to the fact that you took, you know, half the salary to, to go all in on your coaching business, the, the moment where you decided that it's okay to step foot in the gym or even the, the competition thinking like, yeah, you know what, I'm just going to go and compete because I think I can do this. Like, what do you think it was that allowed you to take the leap and, and just, you know, not necessarily like cower away from fear, but just know like you, what's the worst that can happen and, and just move forward towards what you were trying to pursue. Yeah, I'm super competitive. Um, so I'm one of those, if you tell me I can't do it or you even remotely like look at me like, eh, I'm like, oh, you have no idea what you have just done. You have like lit a fire inside me. I will literally die <laughs> trying to like do this thing. So um, like joining the gym, for example, I can just say because there's so many women that I talk to because, again, I work with predominantly women, um, but I know men go through this too, but like I would not even go to the gym by myself to sign up. Like I made my sister go with me. My sister doesn't work out. Like she went with me and like she would work out every now and then, um, but like I made her go with me and because it, it got to a point with my training at home, like I, 
I knew just from being like an athlete, like what was challenging. And I knew what I was doing at home was not challenging me anymore. And I was like, I don't have enough weights at home. Like I need to do something different. Um, so it was like knowing that, but being like terrified. So like I relied on like support, um, outside and I'm really bad at like asking for help. And so like to ask her like, Hey, will you go with me to sign up to go to the gym? I wouldn't even walk inside till like she was in the parking lot to walk inside with me. Um, if that tells you how terrified I was. And even after she signed up with me, if she couldn't go, I wouldn't go. And it got to the point I was like, this is stupid. Just like go in. And so I found myself going like really early in the morning when I knew there wouldn't be a lot of people there. And what I would do at first is just kind of get on a treadmill and walk and like look to see where things were. So I was familiar um, with like, obviously looking at your workout and like knowing and then like knowing where equipment was. So I wasn't walking around like looking stupid, but I tell people all the time, I'm like, nobody is watching you. They're worried about what they're doing. (laughs) It was just one of those, like, I didn't, you don't know what you don't know. Um, so like asking for help is a big thing. Um, like even with something that simple, uh, for like the business stuff and like just going for it again, like I knew the worst case scenario, I was so unhappy with my day to day life that the, um, and I feel like I may have heard this, you talk about this on one of your podcasts and I can't remember who said it. Um, but it was like the risk of like not doing the thing you might have to help me here. Um, but you know where I'm going with that. So it was like, I just kept thinking like, man, like it's not going in on the business. And like, if I don't make as much money, like we can still live and have like a normal life. Um, and I'll be happy. You know, I didn't go into this, like thinking I'm going to make millions of dollars and it, you know, I'm going to make it rain and buy cars and do all this like MC hammer stuff. Like I didn't think that it literally was, I really enjoy this. Um, I'm really good at this. People appreciate me doing this. Like I want to do this thing. And at the end of the day, when I thought about it, I'm like, the worst case scenario is that I have to go back to banking. And that's not, you know, not that big a deal. Like nobody's going to die. And, you know, but at the same time, like I'm one of those two that with my back against the wall, I am... (laughs) extremely powerful. And so I work well in like those kind of situations. Um, so it's like sink or swim. I knew that I would swim and it just, I don't know. I think it takes, um, a certain kind of person. Like, I don't think everybody can do what we do in terms of like, um, working for yourself. I think it takes a certain kind of discipline. It's easy to be like, Oh, I don't have anything to do today. I'm not going to do anything today when it takes so much to like run a business when you're like, especially when you're first starting out, when you're the only person in the business. So I think it takes a ton of discipline. Um, and knowing that about yourself before you, you know, cause I encourage anybody to like go all in on your dreams. But if you know, like there are some people that are like, man, I could not do what you do because I don't have the discipline to like, stay on task, um, to make money or whatever. So I don't know. <laughs> I think that, that self-awareness is important, but to your point, you know, regardless of what it is, if somebody is trying to start their own business or if somebody wants to just get leaner and take care of their, their health and prioritize themselves, like asking for help first thing, completely agree. That's, yep. that's one of the best return on time investment. Like ask oh for help. it condenses time so much. I wish I, I probably wasted 10 years to be fair. Um, you know, wasting time because I was afraid, or I would say not afraid, but too proud (laughs) to ask for help and be like, you know what? 
I can't figure this out on my own. If I could, I would have figured it out by now. And I think right. so many people who are trying to pursue their fitness goals or health goals, whatever it may be, uh, they, they find themselves either thinking, well, I should be able to figure this out on my own, or they're, they're afraid to, to ask for help. When in reality, it's a sign of strength. Asking for help is a sign of strength. And the part that you were talking about, I call that the, the cost of inaction, where it's like the risk of not doing it. Yes. So we often think of the cost associated with, okay, I have to actually make a financial investment yep. for a coach or a program or whatever it may be. And I'm thinking only in terms of like, what is this costing me today to right. make this investment? But the cost of inaction, like if you use your example, the cost of not doing it was you were, you were not fulfilled in your day-to-day life. You were, you knew there was more for you. So that would have been a more risky you know, right. option versus just right. taking the leap and going all in for people who are trying to pursue their health and fitness goals. The cost of inaction is you're going to pay for it down the road. You're going to pay for it in more time. You're going to pay for it in more frustration. You're going to pay for it in more money eventually because the problem's not going away. You can't no. just delay and then the problem solves itself. Eventually, you have to pay for it. So the cost of inaction ends up becoming greater than the cost of just putting down whatever that financial commitment is. So I couldn't agree more. I think it's super powerful to understand that. Um, As you were kind of going through like your own transformation and then helping others, like what are some of the things that you started to realize that maybe a lot of people were doing incorrectly that you find it's like, all right, let's, let's start to correct course here because there's, there's a ton of misinformation out there. There's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of things that people focus on that are pretty irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. So, you know, as coaches, we try and help people with tunnel vision and focus on the things that matter. What are some of the things that you see that um, maybe people are doing frequently incorrectly that you have to try and help them like course correct and, and focus on what truly matters? like simple things that I could start with that I tell people all the time. Um, So especially when they start counting macros, because it can seem so overwhelming. I'm like, just focus, even if it's just on calories first and then calories and protein and kind of like graduate up where a lot of people want to like hone in and hit everything perfectly. And I'm like, you're don't kill yourself doing that. It's not even like worth the like mental effort. Um, And again, there's outliers to that when we're talking about like extreme athletes and things, but for like general population, um, just like focusing on calories and protein is a big one. Um, The fact that people overlook (laughs) your daily steps, it is like the, oh my gosh, it is accessible to literally every human, um, whether it's outside the gym, wherever, like anybody can walk and get steps in. But yet it's, there's so many people, especially questionnaires that I see that they're like, oh, I don't track my steps or I get like a thousand a day. And I'm like, it's no wonder you're having such a hard time with dieting and and things. Because unfortunately, if you're that sedentary, you're probably going to have to eat a lot less. And I mean, it sucks, but it's like walking is just such like a simple thing, but it's so overlooked. Um, And I would say another big one is the fact that like reverse dieting and I feel like it's, it's coming along, but, um, I can even remember a couple of years ago when people are like, and I still get asked what it is, but it's like the fact that people do not, um, like set their year up and like periodize their nutrition and reverse and be at maintenance the majority of the time. Like I diet once a year and I keep a pretty lean physique year round. And when I tell people I eat like 2,100 calories a day and I weigh 120 pounds, it blows their mind. And I don't do a ton of cardio. Like I've just got to a place where um, 
I don't know, like it's, I don't diet all the time. Like my dieting phase is like maybe eight weeks long. And it's usually like I, you know, cut down for a photo shoot or something. And it's like three or four pounds, <laughs> you know, it's just like, um, so I think those things are like really big, important things that are so often um, like overlooked or not. I don't know. And then you have the people that are like so worried about sodium and I'm like, that has nothing to do with fat loss. You know, I can get on like a tangent with like sodium and sugar. Um, again, outliers to that when we're talking about like, if your doctor has you watching those things, but it's, you know, and like people being scared of carbs. So there's so many like little things, but if I had to say like, you know, the top three, it's just like the daily movement with like your step count, focusing on your protein and calorie intake, and then just not dieting all the damn time, like taking care of your body and getting to a place where, you know, you have like a start and a finish line so that you're not like, it's so easy if there's no like finish line to just be like, I'm just going to start over on Monday and keep doing this thing over and over. Um, Cause I did that for years and that's why I know that. So I try to like steer people the direction that like away <laughs> where I went because I was that person. I would compete. I would never reverse. I would eat like an asshole for a few weeks. And I'm telling you, people do not realize when you get that lean and you start throwing a ton of calories in, um, in such a short amount of time when it, you're like in such a um, compromised like place, man, the fat gain. I mean, I would gain like 10, 15 pounds like that. And I'm like, oh my God, I looked so good a week ago. What happened? <laughs> You're, you're speaking my language right now. Like seriously, uh, especially with, with steps, like that's always my number one. It's like, yep. what can I do to just get started? Just walk more, like just yeah, start. You're not taking anything away. It's you're Thank adding you. in this one little thing and it's so easy. Yeah, and one of the best things you can do just overall health, overall stress management, improve yep. insulin sensitivity. There's so many benefits to it. And like you said, there's, there's zero barrier of entry. Anybody can do it, you know, within, yep. obviously there's outliers to that as well. If you're in some kind of an unfortunate position, um, but right. for the most part, accessibility, you know, most people can do that without much resistance. So that would be number one. And then again, like the, the fact that most people spend all of their lives trying to live in a calorie deficit, um, I agree that it's becoming more mainstream living in maintenance for a while, reverse dieting. Um, but I think that I don't think that people truly grasp the importance of that. And because we're so instant gratification focused, okay. it's like, well, I have this fat to lose and I want to lose it now. So I have to just rip the bandaid off and diet as hard as I can. And then their mindset is like, once I get to my goal, then I'll get, but then they never get there because they try and push it. And then the, the mindset is, you know, oh, well, I, I keep binging. I keep, I have no control over food. And it's like, well, you, you do those things because of the fact that you're trying to always restrict. And yep. if you would flip that mindset around, you wouldn't have the, the, the binge episodes, the lack of control. They start to blame themselves. And so like, you know, why am I flawed? Why am I this way? But really it's yeah. like, if you just switched up the approach a little bit and give your body what it, what it's asking for and listen a little bit and pay attention to those things, uh, makes a huge difference. I'm the same way. Like my dieting phases are super short, get in, get out. And then I get to live the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, you know, what I call like the lifestyle lean where yeah, you know, exactly. it's like, if I want to get ready for a photo shoot, cool. It's not that much, you know, not difficult. I can do that pretty quickly, but, um, it is worth the time to actually spend some time at maintenance, focus on building muscle, focus on other goals outside of just the scale um, and, and establish that foundation that ends up serving you for life. So um, I couldn't agree more. Um, 
along those same lines, when, when somebody is getting into tracking macros, how do you help them with the um, lack of obsessiveness that, that tends to happen for some people with, with macros and like understanding that it's just, you know, it's a tool in the toolbox. It creates awareness. It can be really helpful, but not allowing it to become, become this uh, perfectionist way of doing things where you feel like, uh, I have to track every single bite of food that I eat for the rest of my life. And if I can't track at a restaurant, like why even bother? And, you know, the the typical kind of all or nothing mindset that sometimes uh, macros can facilitate. Like, how do you help people with the, I'm going to use the, the buzzword balance. How do you help people with a, a balanced approach to it? Well, I can say from experience when I first started tracking, so it was like in 2014. And again, before macros was like trendy, um, when I would go to shows, like, what I would see competitors eating versus what I was eating. And I'm like, this is awesome. But of course, everybody thought I was insane because it wasn't the typical like cold chicken and asparagus and, you know, or tilapia or whatever and rice. Um, But anyhow, like for me, I was that like, I'm a perfectionist. And so I felt like I needed to hit every gram or like, I mean, every goal within like one or two grams, like I felt like I had to be like, just so on point. And I remember Erin would tell me all the time, she's like, you are literally the most consistent person. Like it's almost, she's like, you need to like (laughs) chill out because I was so like obsessive with it. And so, um, I kind of like went through that where I was like very black and white with it. And I felt like I couldn't let like carbs and fat just kind of fall. Um, so again, like learning from my experience and being able to like teach that to other people, um, I really preach don't like focus on the all or nothing. Um, don't make it so black and white and try not to label foods as like good or bad. Um, so it's like, obviously there are foods that are going to make you feel better. Um, but then there's occasionally times that like you might want to have some alcohol or like, you know, have the things in your diet that create balance that allow you to like enjoy things that maybe, you know, having like a cup of fruit (laughs) might've been like better for your body, but at the same time, like what it did for you mentally to be able to have a beer, you know, that kind of thing. So like, I really try to preach, you know, the buzzword balance in terms of um, just like looking at everything very gray and not so black and white. So that's the first thing. And then um, really just telling people like, again, it's not super important to focus on carbs and fat, like individually, like having fat within a certain threshold, obviously like for hormones and so that you feel good. Um, but not to like, you don't have to hit like each exact gram. So like focus on being within a range, um, on like protein. So like it might be plus or minus five to 10 grams. Um, as long as you're like hitting within your calorie budget and protein. Um, I even talk about, and this is something that I do with um, my shred program because it does make it so much easier to incorporate into most people's lives when they calorie cycle. Um, So we really look at your calories like on the week view versus the day to day. So it's not like a check the box for the day. If you went over your calories, cause so many people are like, Oh shit, I, you know, I'm a failure. I went over my calories today and it's all over, you know, instead of just like, okay, well you went over today, you've still got six days left of the week. Can you shave 50 calories from each day to make up that overage? I'm sure that you can. And so like looking at it really as a week view or even a month view. And so like painting out instead of just like being so laser focused on each day, um, making it pass fail, I think takes 
so much pressure off of the individual. Um, so that's something that I talk about a lot. Um, but then too, just like incorporating foods that you enjoy. And I, that sounds so simple. <laughs> you would not believe like people think that there are like, or you would believe shit. You do this too, that there are, um, like magic foods that you like have to eat. Um, you know, do I have to eat? Some people don't like vegetables and yes, they're good for you. And I do recommend them. And I think that you need them. You need fiber and there's, you know, but at the same time, like for me to say to somebody that hates vegetables, you need to have three to five servings a day. Um, and then they're like, well, I can't, I can't count macros. I can't do this. You know, I can't do this diet thing because I, I don't like vegetables. That's crazy. You can still lose fat and like be a healthy person and not like vegetables. You know, it's, um, but incorporating like foods into your everyday that you actually enjoy and will eat versus sitting down and thinking, oh, I'm eating lunch. I'm starved to death. I'm going to eat whatever I've made because it's healthy and I need to eat this versus like, ooh, I get to eat this for lunch. I'm really excited about it. And it still works in my plan. Um, so again, all really simple stuff, but it's, um, it's what's worked for me. And then, I mean, it's, I've helped thousands of, of clients at this point and um, most have been very successful with stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because the last episode that I recorded, which hasn't even been published yet. So this is definitely not planned, but <laughs> I talked about like one of the most, uh, the easiest consistency hacks that you can do is focus on the weekly averages versus the day-to-day -day obsession. Like I have to hit this perfectly. Or if you just look at it, same thing with like steps. And you know, when you're looking yeah. at your calorie budget, like you have a weekly total and okay. So you had a busy day. You were stuck at your desk because work was demanding. You only got 5,000 steps. Cool. Can you, you know, if you're trying to target 10,000 steps a day and you're trying to hit 70,000, well, you've got 5,000 towards that goal. So now you've got 65,000 left over six days. It's very doable. Yes. Uh, and the same thing with your, with your calories. And someone's like, oh my God, I went over a thousand calories. Okay. It's not a big deal. You've got six yeah. more days to be able to adjust. And I know for me personally, I love to give myself free days on the weekend where I am eating more freely because I know that I'm typically going to go out to dinner on like a Saturday night. So I'm going to budget for that. I'm going to allow for more flexibility right. and then I can just make up for it on the other days. So uh, it just becomes like when you can, like you said, zoom out and realize that the weekly averages are more important than daily. The monthly averages are more important than weekly. All of a sudden you can start to live more in that gray area, like you said, and not be so um, obsessive about, oh my God, I didn't hit my my fat grams like down to the exact gram today. Like, what am I going to do? It's yeah. totally fine. Um, with the success that you've had with your shred program, um, would you say that it's been like effective because you've been able to help people like empower them to make those choices for themselves to be able to incorporate foods they enjoy to realize that it doesn't have to be this all or nothing way of doing things like what would you say has been i guess the catalyst for the success of your program so when i first started it um like three and a half years ago or so it literally was just like i would set their macros um I think even then, like when I would set, you know, their like protein, it might've been like 133 grams. Like now I am like 135, 40, 45, like it's a nice, easy number. <laughs> but then I even put in there, I'm like, focus on your calories and your protein. You know, these other ones like don't have to be exact. Um, and I do provide a calorie cycle for them plus tons of recipes. And I will say like my Instagram has grown where it's grown just because of like, 
the recipes and stuff that I share. Um, the feedback that I get from the program from the clientele is that I can't believe that I can eat this much. Um, I can't believe I can eat these things. <laughs> um, and then the calorie cycling, how, cause it is, again, when I first started counting macros, like I thought it had, to, I had to hit every day. I never even considered thinking of your calories as like money and you have this much money to spend through the week. It doesn't matter how you spend it each day, as long as you don't go over your weekly balance. And so when I started like teaching it to people in that way to compare it to money, it was like, oh my gosh, I never like it clicked finally. Um, so that the, the calorie cycling has been huge in terms of just helping with the consistency because so many people, um, the weekends become nightmares for them because they do really great through the week. And, and then the weekend comes and it's like it, you know, you have that one. And I used to do this. You have the one bad meal and you're like, well, I had the one bad meal. I'm just going to eat everything I look at now. <laughs> so <laughs> when the one bad meal may have not even been that bad. Um, but the, the consistency with the calorie cycling um, has been huge. And then just realizing that, most foods that you enjoy, like when you eat out, you can make those things at home lower calorie, like pretty much anything that you're going to get in a restaurant, you can make at home. And I think um, really empowering people with that and like them realizing like, man, I can totally make the crunch wrap that I get at Taco Bell. I can make it home for like half the calories or even less. So it's like, you know, just when they realize those things, I think it becomes super empowering. Um, and it just kind of clicks. So, I mean, I, I think those things for the majority of people, the calorie cycling, the recipes and like realizing that you can like eat food you enjoy and make them at home um, are probably like the biggest things yeah. um, in terms of the success with the program. So with the at home crunch wrap, you can save half the calories and you can save yourself 30 minutes for not being <laughs> on the toilet. So <laughs> you get your time back also. Um, so true. <laughs> um, I love it. So, for every, anybody who is is interested in, in following your recipes, joining your program, staying up to date on all the things that you've got going on, uh, where can they find you? Where can they stay connected with you? Uh, let them know all the places that you hang out. Yeah, uh, the majority of the time I'm on Instagram. I pretty much, I feel like I live there. Um, and it's macros with M. So M-A-C-R-O-S with and then E-M. Um but yeah, that's where if you ever hear me talk about our program, any of that stuff, like all I have everything there. I have a link tree where I have my email list and all that stuff linked up. So Instagram is probably the easiest way um, to find me and where I share the most in terms of like recipes and stuff like that. All right, perfect. Well, I will post that in the show notes so everybody can go give Emma a follow and stay up to date. Um, do you have a program coming up soon? I actually, um, the shred, I usually run once a month and I, the September one, I'm actually making my last one of the year. Um, we're hopefully making some improvements and some really awesome stuff for next year. Plus it is like, whoo, your girl is tired. <laughs> so, I do have a monthly membership though, um, that it's the exact same workouts I do. There's a macro calculator to get you started in there. Um, and then tons of recipes. I have my reverse dieting guide, just tons of resources in there. It's only 20 bucks a month. Um, I highly recommend that for anybody that's just looking to get into um, a good structured workout program and needs help with like the nutrition piece. There's, uh, there's like 900 members in there. So tons of support. Um, so yeah. 
Awesome. Love it. Well, yeah, I will post everything in the show notes and um, I really appreciate you coming on and helping us, uh, you know, simplify things. I think that's always my goal is to take all of the crazy noise out there, drown out the stuff that doesn't really matter and help just simplify the process so that it becomes easy to digest and implement. And you definitely executed on that. So I appreciate you coming on and uh, we'll talk very soon. Awesome. Thank you.